I'm Gary. And I'm Clark. And this is the Red Cedar Rundown. The self-proclaimed number one MSU football and basketball fan podcast. On this week's episode, our official prestigious Red Box Bowl preview, including RCR predictions. We'll also talk MSU basketball, including their last game, a high-powered win over GB Wisco. Send us your comments, and we'll be sure to read them on the show. <sighs> Feels good to be back, doesn't it? it? Does feels like we were gone a feel lifetime. Like I haven't seen you in months. It's only one week. Hopefully, you guys didn't miss us too much out there. But we're back and we're ready to go. Ready to kick it into high gear. Got a lot to talk about today. Lots of exciting stuff. Lots of drama and excitement. But including a bowl preview, which we'll get to later in the show. But let's get things kicked off today, talking about the basketball team. It's kind of been Mm -hmm. a lull right now in the season. Not a lot of big games. A couple cupcakes, I would say. Yeah. Including their last game. Green Bay Bay Wisco. Yeah. Pretty good win. The Mighty Phoenix. Yeah, it was... Thought they put on a pretty good show for most of the game. I thought the defense was a little lackluster. <clears throat> yeah, I think that was just dictated by the pace of the game. I mean, yeah, we had our freshmen and walk-ons in like the last six or seven minutes. So, yeah, I was pleased. I mean, to be up sixty-four to thirty-five at halftime, you'll take it. Take that halftime score any day of the week. A lot of promising things in that game. We saw Nick Ward dominating yet the again. Post. Yeah insanely accurate inside the paint per usual 13 yeah can't do much better than that can do one basket can literally do one better than that (laughs) and he's already had a perfect game this year i think he went 11 for 11 a couple games ago yeah i think his field goal percentage is extremely high 68 percent on the season right now i looked that up the other day yeah that's uh Pretty good, I'd say, right? Can't ask for anything more than that. I think he shoots better from the field than he does from the free throw line. It's kind of astonishing, but... It's not really because... because he shoots so close to the hoop. Yeah, he's basically laying it in most of the time when he is scoring. Still astonishing he can't shoot 70% from the line. It is kind of crazy. The thing that I've mentioned last show, and I still feel this way, and it was proven in this game, you know, he dominates the lower competition when there's a... When there's bigs that he physically uh, can outmatch in the paint, he's going to dominate. And you saw that in the last game. But I still haven't seen him really like dominate a game where against high level competition. Would you say? He did play pretty well against Iowa. He had 26 points. I'm talking about like elite competition, though. You're not talking. You're talking top ten team. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Kansas game at the beginning of the year, he was a no-show. So, yeah, I'm with you. It's more specifically, like, more athletic bigs, like I said. Yeah, then that's the top, that's the cream of the crop. I mean, that's the, you know, the premier teams in college basketball, I think, is what you're referring to. But, yeah, I would agree with you. And if he wants to go to the NBA, which we know that's his dream. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. He has to be able to go toe-to-toe and show his dominance against those players. And I guess that will play out for the rest of the season, how whether he can do that or not. He'll have some opportunities, too. Absolutely. I'd like to see him play good against Michigan. That's going to be a huge one for him. Yeah, and it's kind of crazy. Those games are towards the end of the season. So, 
They'll have a few others. Indiana, Nebraska. I don't know how good Nebraska's bigs are, but I know Nebraska's got a pretty damn good team right now. So, Yeah, they'll definitely be opportunities for time to shine. Yeah, absolutely. But another person I've been extremely impressed with is Cassius Winston. Oh, yeah. Putting together a hell of a season so far. Continuing I thought you were going to say Kenny Goins. <laughs> Mr. Glue himself. But, no, Cassius continues to make the right decisions. Passing has been pretty incredible. I, he's done a great job this year of driving to the hole a little bit better and then being able to dish it from there and even finish yeah. when he does take it in. But right now he's averaging almost eight assists a game. He had 12 last game, only two turnovers. That's uh, that's a promising sight. Um, I think he's playing on an All-American level. I mean, I really think he's up there with the elite point guards in all of college basketball right now. I mean, unquestionable with his statistics that he puts up. And Cassius has done it against the big boys, too. He's had big games against the big boys. You know, he'll have games occasionally where he, you know, his head gets away from him, and I guess he'll get into foul trouble, but I think that happens a lot less now than it did, you know, earlier on in his career. And, sure. I love, he's and definitely, I'm fine with him lining up from anywhere shooting. Yeah, yeah, he's we've said he's got the green light always, but he's definitely matured, and you can just tell by the way he plays the game that he's a junior and not a freshman or a sophomore anymore. Like watching lawyer play. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> it's really rough for him right now. He had a pretty good game though against Green Bay. Oh, no, he had some shots. And, Ten points. But he just career high. <laughs> he yeah. just he looks so small out there. He's a tiny one. Yeah, yeah. I just don't know his ceiling if it's that high or not. That's what we'll find out, and we're gonna have to find out pretty quickly depending on how Cash's I future goes. Kind of want to toss it in another guy I've been extremely impressed with this season and the, over the last few games has been Xavier Tillman. I really think he's been awesome. Absolutely. I think he's shooting at like 68% or something as well. <laughs> he's our leading rebounder, I'm pretty sure, which, I mean, I'll take that all day. I mean, Nick Ward should be our leading rebounder, but he's not. Xavier Tillman off the bench is our leading rebounder. Him, It might actually be Kenny Goings now that I think about that because he – but the fact that those two are out-rebounding Nick Ward, neither one of them's taller than him, that's, that's a problem for me with Nick Ward. I mean, I think Nick Ward should be far more aggressive than he is, uh, you know, when trying to get a rebound. But – if you got other guys getting them, I guess I won't complain. Yeah, I would agree with that. I still think we can obviously turnovers Ugh. continue to be somewhat of an issue and big issue, not somewhat, big well, issue. <laughs> big issue. We're winning, so they're definitely Turnovers single-handedly killed us in the Louisville game. Yeah, Did you watch Josh Lang for That's what I'm saying. Like, they're magnified what, what more that? when we lose the game, for sure. If we win the game, it's probably not as discussed. But the one person who seems to be a turnover machine right now is Langford, based on the last couple games I've watched. And, yeah. you know, he, I think he got called for traveling two or three times in the he last had five game. Five turnovers against Wisconsin Green Bay. Yeah. That's terrible. I still think we're a little lackadaisical. <laughs> he had 33% of our turnovers. We had, we had like 14 as a team. That's a third of our turnovers from one player. Not good. Yeah, and I think we're still allowing teams to score too much on us. Our defense, I think, needs to play a lot better for us to take it to the next level because we ha- we've we clearly shown our offense can keep pace with any off- other offense out there in the country. When we get a lead, smother them. Don't win by 20, win by 50. Yeah, that was the one thing that kind of upset me because we did have you know 30-point lead or whatnot going into halftime and then whittled down to 
you know, 20 points or lower. So, yeah, I mean, we got out. No, yeah, we got outscored 48 to 40 in the second half. That's that's a lack of focus as far as I'm concerned. Well, I know Izzo mentioned something after the game that he was not pleased and that he was going to make the team run for it. So. Uh, he said there was a lot of positives <laughs> to take away from it, but you know the, he he said he was pissed off in the second half, and that makes me uh, very happy because you know watching the game on TV, you know I wasn't screaming at the game like we were playing some top ranked team, but it was very disappointing to see you know a thirty to forty point lead get cut back to twenty, you know yeah when our starters were still in the game with ten minutes left. It's it's hard to tell sometimes exactly where we you know against the lower competition, it's hard to gauge where this team is at. And we'll start to find out in the next couple of weeks once we get into the thick of the Big Ten schedule where exactly we stand. And I can't wait to see. I think we have already improved even the first, after the first couple of months as a team, and I'm very confident that we're gonna we're gonna have success in the Big Ten season. So next game we have is uh, this Friday against Oakland, followed by Northern Northern Illinois in Northern Illinois on the, on the 29th. And then we get it back into the Big Ten schedule against Northwestern on the 2nd. So our next episode is scheduled to be on the 4th of January, and we play Ohio State on the 5th. So you can expect a uh, full preview for that game. Should be a pretty big game. Yeah, should be two top 15 ranked teams going head-to-head, which will be very exciting. Biggest game of the season since probably Kansas. Let's hope. But can't wait to see, like I said, against some better competition. And we look forward to, to bringing that preview to you. But we do have to get into our the main segment of our episode this week, which is the prestigious Red Box Bowl preview. A lot of things have uh, – some news has transpired since the last time we talked. LJ Scott, I know we mentioned last time that he – was going to declare for the NFL, but it wasn't discussed whether he was going to play in the game or not. And it has been decided that he will play in the bowl game. Is that a good thing or a bad game? Bad thing for LJ or the team? Uh, the team. I think it's good for the team. I mean, I don't think I think adding a you know another running back to the you know the stable back there is a good thing because I don't think there's a clear cut number two behind Connor Hayward. I mean. I don't think it should diminish Connor Hayward's carries. I would say it should maybe be, you know, an even split. I think LJ should get some of the carries that, you know, some of the other backups were getting. But I don't think it hurts the team. I don't think you can get much worse than the offense has been the last third of the season. So I can't see it hurting the team whatsoever. Yeah, and I think this will be a showcase for him. I think that's why he's probably going to play is to... He needs it. Yeah, Yeah. because if he was injured the entire season and hampered then this is his chance to show you know what is what he's like when he's 100 percent healthy yeah, if he can have a big game that'd be nice we need it we need something yep and then another big news uh story that came through justin lane declaring for the draft yeah and, that was big and i don't believe it's been decided whether he's playing or not so. yeah i just double checked on that he has not confirmed whether he will play or not i i would be shocked if he played though. yeah i truly doubt he would play especially where he's at right now his stock is you know i think he's in the top 10 for corners right now coming out so that's yeah i I think i saw that as well um i think he's you know got the physical talent and the uh skills to eventually develop into a you know top flight nfl cornerback he's six two he runs like a receiver 
He's got the you know he's got the ball skills. It's just a matter of mental lapses, as far as I'm concerned. What we saw at Michigan State, so I think he gets that under the he he might test through the roof, man. Like he, the guy's got all the physical tools to be a, a top flight uh, cornerback. Yep. Yeah, he kind of reminds me of Tony Lippett. Yeah, a little bit. And Tony Lippett had pretty good success. I know. I think he got injured. I think he blew out his uh, Achilles or something like yeah, that. So. Yeah. So. But he was having a pretty good season before that. Not this year. I think it was last year. So I, I kind of see him as that kind of player because, you know, Lippitt was obviously a great wide receiver and Lane has played both ways like Lippitt did. So should be interesting to see how his career pans out at the next level. Look forward to it. And honestly, these players leaving early, I feel it does hurt us right now. But, you know, it is helpful for maybe looking at future recruits. Kalon Gervin. What yep. about that? Remember when Burgess questioned last episode? Yep. Maybe we see that now. That's, uh, I mean, we have nothing to lose. Nothing. Nothing to lose <laughs> in, this, in game. this game. So, I mean, I can't look at it as a negative. So, it's fine. Yeah, it'll be interesting. We're going to, you know, the one thing that could be a huge part in this game is our health. And, you know, we've had a ton of time to get some players back. And, you know, we will be playing some young players. But there's a lot of players that maybe haven't played most of the season that we're going to see in the bowl game. So, We'll find out how much of our regression through the season was due to injuries and how much is actually to the talent on our team. Is uh, is the work going to play? Oh, we'll get to that. That'll okay. be part of our predictions. Okay. I, I, I'll, I'll let you know mine here coming up. Well, all we know is it can't get any worse than it is. We're ranked 122nd nationally in scoring offense. And yet our coordinator still has a job. Insane. Doesn't make sense. <laughs> That's uh it's pretty bad, guys. I don't I'm not too optimistic about the offense here right now. Yeah, it's hard to even preview this game based on the last three or four games of the season because the offense that we saw, I don't understand how it's gonna change. It's, it's god awful. It's not. Well, how's Oregon rank on uh offense gear? Right now, they're coming into the game 17th in scoring offense in the nation. Must be nice. I remember when we were a top 20 offense. It was probably five years ago. Yep, and they come into the game. Yep, they come into the game winning two straight and three of their last four. Who'd they beat in the last two? Arizona State by two points. So common opponent. They played them at home and won by two. You all know what happened in the desert for us. And at Oregon State, they torched Oregon State. Oregon State was terrible, though. They were 2-10. and 10. But you saw how we did against a terrible team in Rutgers. And right. We played them at home, and uh, we'd probably deserve to lose. So not much more needs to be said about that. So I don't think anybody should be going into this game taking Oregon lightly. Absolutely not. They're kind of like a f- reverse of Michigan State. Pretty great offense mediocre at best defense from what i can see here yeah except their defense is you know if you compare the worst of oregon which would be their defense to the worst of ours which is our offense it's not comparable no not by any means nope but the ducks are definitely flying high right now they're scoring an average of 37 points a game throughout the season as i said that's 17th best leading the charge clearly was their quarterback justin herbert oh yeah top 10 potential pick in the next draft if he decides to leave and he finished third in the pack 12 and yards per game 
and touch touchdown passes with 28. Only eight picks. Only eight picks. Nice. And he's got a couple weapons. They got a freshman running back, C.J. Verdell, mm-hmm. and him and one of the other guys, I think Travis Dye, I think yep. is his name, combined yep. for over 1,600 yards rushing for the year. But I think C.J. is the main guy that they're going to go to. And I had read that he kind of came on through the season. That's not who they were expecting to be the lead back, and he's kind of taken the role and ran with it. So And their top three backs all average over five yards per carry, so – it's going to be a test. I mean, yep. it's nothing we strength haven't seen strength. before, but yeah, I like our defense. I think we stop the run well. But one thing they do is I pretty confident, at least I remember from the last time, and Oregon obviously has a new coaching staff from the last time we played them. But if I'm not mistaken, they run a high tempo, high up tempo, no huddle offense, as far as from what I remember with Oregon. Yeah, I don't think anything's changed in regards to that. Well, I hate when our defense has to face that because. But, you know, every test that we faced, you yeah. know, Ohio State obviously got, you know, a lot of points at the end of the game when we played them, but we held them to nine points into the fourth quarter. So there's a potential for us to shut their offense down for sure. And if we can hold their running backs in check, that will be a receiver. huge part of it. How they looking there? They're not as explosive as they have been in the past. They do have Dylan Mitchell, who he looks pretty explosive. Yeah, he's had 100 yards, 16 oh, yards three of catch, out, yeah. three out of the last four games to finish the season. But no one that's you know that jumps off the screen when you're watching them. But you know, we'll just put Josiah Scott on Dylan Mitchell. Exactly, he's playing right. Josiah, yeah, he said he's playing. Burning yeah. that red shirt, he doesn't yeah, give a damn. I, mean, I love it. Why would he? Yeah, he's yeah, he's got the talent. He doesn't need to worry about if a red shirt. If he gets injured here. again, then try to get a red shirt. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> let's, Good hope call. Not. let's not. Let's hope that doesn't happen. No, we wish for the best. But I think the best thing for Michigan State to do is put pressure on their quarterback and make him What's the hell out of him? Yeah. Yeah. Stop the run and, you know, like make Kenny it difficult. Cuz I think we, you know, we have the defense to shut them down. They're probably going to get their points, but we just have to limit it as much as possible. And then on defense for Oregon, you know, they are, a little, like I said, a little suspect. They're ranked 61st in the NCAA for total defense. So definitely some room to potentially find some holes. And, you know, if we – I think we need to just run with run with LJ Scott. If he's going to play and he wants to showcase his abilities, that's going to be the key. I'd like a healthy dose of him and Hayward, yeah, because I think they just have – they have two different running styles, I think. Hayward's more of like a north-south guy. Put your head down, try and run someone over, and then, you know, LJ. Hayward's not a bad receiving threat out of the backfield. Uh, but I, mean, I think LJ's probably a little bit more experienced receiving the ball out of the backfield. So maybe you'll see Hayward on, like, the short yardage situations and LJ on the, you know, you'll probably, then you'll probably see a lot of LJ because we seem to be in third and long quite a bit, uh, quite frequently with this team. Well, the, the thing that I had mentioned at the beginning is about the health of the team. So we should have a fairly healthy offensive line. So that's what I'm saying. If if that's what the cause of our issues were this season, let's show it. Let's show it that we can pound the ball down their throats. We're going to have to be able to throw the football, though. No, absolutely. That's a given. We can't win without throwing. That's That's understood. But, you know, how much of the season – we're going to find out where some of the blame can be placed on the season. Obviously, Dave Warner – the top pick for not much the majority else needs of the to be said about that yeah i'm just taking a look here at oregon's defense uh seeing what they have as far as a pass rush here leading leading sack man five sacks not too concerned about that i mean no one that really jumps off the charts at you 
and that's what Justin Hollins. Um, I mean, yeah, like you said, I mean their their defense, you know, definitely their weaker part. Um, looks like they got uh, Javon Holland, who's a defensive back. Looks like he's got. You know, they probably have some decent defensive backs because so Oregon's always got couple, speed. They do have some guys uh, coming back from injury on the defenses, defensive side of the ball, so that should help bolster their okay. defense for this game as well, just like hopefully the injury bug. I want to take a quick look at special teams here because we have uh, you know Matt Coughlin as our kicker, and he's had a pretty damn good year for us, I would Epic say. Epic year. Yeah. Um, Overlooked, take, kind doesn't of. Doesn't look like Oregon takes too many field goal attempts. They're... Kicker is six of ten kicking on the season. Wow! Yeah, uh, with zero attempts from fifty yards plus. So expect the Ducks to go for it on fourth down, early and often. Could bow well for us. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, with if our defense. But if they, you know, but they if it comes convert under a game-winning one... kick, I'll take our. I'll take us any yeah, day. Yeah, that could. That I could. think the special teams battle bodes well for us. Yeah, I think so. That's a good thing. Because our offense isn't setting the world on fire. <laughs> That's for sure. We're going to kick a lot of field goals in this game. Yeah, could come down to that. Right now we're two and a half point underdog. I think that's fair. It's jumped a point, I think, since the last episode we discussed this. So, yeah, we definitely. definitely don't deserve to be favored. No, absolutely not. So, you want to get into some predictions here? Clark? I'd be happy to. Yep. I'd be happy to. Yeah, why don't you uh, kick it off this time? Are we just starting with uh, who's playing quarterback? All right, I want you to tell me who's going to start at quarterback, your score prediction, and who's going to score the touchdowns for Michigan State. All the touchdowns? All of them? All of how them? Many, how many are you predicting exactly? <laughs> Tons of touchdowns. Um, wow. Okay, I think Lewerke's going to play quarterback. Um, I hope he is. Because I can't watch Rocky Lombardi throw a football. Even when the work, he has a limp arm. I'd rather watch him throw a football. I'd rather watch Gary throw a football than Rocky Lombardi right now. Might be time to move Rock out to tight end. Possible linebacker. He's big enough to play it. I just don't see him having a future at quarterback. Sorry. I know we got all excited after the one game. The excitement's dead. Okay? You heard it here first. The excitement's dead. I'm ready for the worky. Score. Mm. Um, 20 to 17 Michigan State Coughlin last second field goal wins it for the Spartans so we obviously that would make sure we scored two touchdowns there in that game two field goals from Coughlin two touchdowns I think that the first touchdown is going to be scored by Connor Hayward on a run and I think the second touchdown is going to be scored by Brian Lewerke also on a run I don't think we will throw for a touchdown pass and I think the MVP of the bowl game is Joe Batchy, middle linebacker. Great picks. Great picks. And, of course, wouldn't be right if Clark didn't almost pick my exact same score for the final game of the year. Once again, have it, not looked at Gary's score. Would be didn't, no, we didn't talk about fitting. it. Only fitting. Only fitting. I've predicted every game correct this year, so I'm undefeated. Like LeVar Ball. Never lost. So my score prediction for this game is going to be 21 to 20. Whew. And Michigan State's going to win on a missed extra point. You kind of foreshadowed ah, that. So. Yes. The Adam Stack missed extra point. Yep. Yep. It might happen in the first quarter, and it'll come to haunt him in the end. Might try to go for two at the end and miss it. Perfect. 
but uh, I think I would kind of agree on some of the touchdowns. I think actually LJ Scott's going to get two of them. I think they're going to really try to give LJ Scott the ball. Like I said, this is his moment to try to showcase himself before the NFL draft and D'Antonio's Mr. Loyalty is going yes. to try to, you know, give LJ That's him. a last hurrah by giving him a shit ton of carries in this game. So LJ is going to get two, and I'm going to go Brian Lewerke to Cody White for the other touchdown. Ooh, code. And I, yeah, I didn't even say. I also agree with you. I think Lewerke's 100% starting. I think he was, you know, obviously not healthy throughout the season, but I think he was pretty close, and they, you know, wanted to hold him out and give Rocky a chance, but I think he was close to being ready some of those games towards the end of the season as we saw. He could still throw the ball, so... I think he was just waiting for his time. Time yep. to shine in the Red Box Bowl. Well, big stage, big lights, Red Box Bowl. This episode is also brought to you by Red Box. Our number one. When you're sponsor. walking out of a CVS, picked up your script, stop by the Red Box, get yourself a little vid game, or or a movie, or a movie. I don't even know that they have Blu-rays in there. Might be DVDs. Red Box. No HD qual for those that can't afford Netflix. <laughs> But it will be interesting, and we'll obviously have our bowl recap on the episode when we return on the 4th, so we'll be able to break down everything that happened. And I, The other prediction I want to make about this game Who, who's is... Who's your MVP, real quick? Oh, uh, MVP? Willikis, obviously. Nice. Oh, I'm good with that. He's a beast. Yeah. Winning all types of awards. He's an All-American. Yep. But... The other prediction I want to make is the offense is going to score, like I said, 21 points. Mm. That's going to do a, a just enough to save Dave Warner's job. God damn it. Oh, man. You know that's coming. You yeah. know he's not getting fired. I know. I don't know why we're beating around the bush acting like D'Antonio is going to surprise us. I'm with you. Announce that he's going to fire him after the bowl game, especially if we win the bowl game. Then we're calling for hot seat D'Antonio next year if that's the case. He wants to live and die with, with old Davey. That's fine. Then next year is what it comes down to. It really does. And guess what? You play all your tough opponents on the road, so good luck with that. Not an easy schedule next year. And it'll be interesting to see the Big Ten getting in, kind of switching gears here. But, you know, the Big Ten has a lot of games, interesting matchups. And, you know, with all the players sitting out on bowl games this year, do you think that the results of these bowl games actually, you know, help the status of the conference if they win these games, if they have a good bowl season? Does that affect the just does that affect the perception perception or does it have any effect on the on the conference whatsoever if we win our bowl games for next season? No, I mean, I really don't think it does Um, simply because we didn't put a team in the playoff. Um, Ohio State's playing Washington. Cool. Not that I'm not like super excited. I'll watch it. It's the Rose Bowl, but I think Florida I think Michigan. I think, I think Florida snore. Yeah, snooze fest. Florida plays Michigan like every other season, so that's stupid. No, not not interesting. Our game's not interesting. We can be honest there. Penn State, Kentucky, don't care. I mean, the matchups aren't really that the matchups exciting. Aren't really that exciting, and I don't think that people are going to remember what happened this year in the Big Ten if we do well or don't do well. Um, I mean, I care about one matchup, actually two. I'd like to see us beat Oregon, and I'd like to see Florida smash Michigan in the face. But that's probably not going to happen. Michigan will probably be beat Florida because they're a better team. But and they're pretty angry. 
I'm sure. Yeah, Especially after that Mirage loss. Especially after the Mirage and the end of the Revenge Tour. Where are the t-shirts? Let's see the t-shirts out, guys. Wear them proud down in Atlanta, Georgia on the 29th when you place Florida on the Peach Bowl at noon. I'd like to see all the Revenge Tour t-shirts. I'm looking for them. And I'd like to see some selfies taken from some of our listeners. We got Dean F. in Durham. Go ahead and take a selfie with that on Dean. We'd like to see it. Love and to I'm see also it. talking about Steve K. out in Santa Monica. Shout out to you guys. Shout out to the Revenge Tour. Go Green. And with that, <laughs> we'll go right into the mailbag. Got a nice little medium-sized bag full of questions for you today. Oh, we got a first question is from Dean H. and Wayne. Oh, yeah, I'm not going to read it because Dean's a traitor. He knows why. Two-week ban instituted on all mailbag questions will be reviewed after next episode. There's another podcast out there. Maybe we'll be our rival podcast eventually as we continue to gain notoriety. Not going to name names. Fellaini. Um, And we're going to not accept that from our listeners. This is the only Michigan State podcast you're going to listen to, and you're going to like it. You want to put flame emojis on after somebody's tweet? Take it somewhere else. This is the big leagues. Get your emojis out of here. Two-week ban. Done. He might not even get his trophy this week. We'll see. He's definitely on the terrorist watch list. That's all I'll tell you. Yes, 100%. So first real question comes from our number one listener. Mm. Don't stop listening out there in Australia, Adam P. Oh. And he just, you know, he expressed his his longing for the Red Cedar rundown. Yes. We appreciate that. On our that. one week hiatus. A, a, we appreci- loyal, a loyal listener. Yeah, yes. we, we appreciate your guys' patience. And loyalty. Yes. Doesn't go unnoticed. But he said, in the meantime, here's a question for the mailbag. What is the over-under for 40-plus yard touchdowns Oregon scores? On us. On us. <laughs> in the prestigious Red Box <laughs> A lot ball. of typos in that. Yes. So sorry, guys. So he wants to know how many 40-yard touchdowns Oregon is going to score on us during the Red Box Bowl. One. Mm. One deep ball, probably their opening drive. I would say one as well. I'm gonna have to agree. As lame as that is, I don't think our team has given. I mean, we've we actually at the beginning of the season gave up a lot of big plays, and I think we've gotten better and better as the year has progressed and given up those big plays. I got slips. Not his fault. Bad grass. Bad San Francisco grass. Falls. Touchdown, Oregon. Is there any bad San Francisco grass? That's a funny joke. That's for another. That's for another. <laughs> that's for another time. That's for another pod. Okay, not this one. And the second question, Adam P threw to us is also: Do you take the over or under once determined? And the over or under is what do we got, Clark? Forty-eight. Forty-eight. I'm taking the under in that game. Based on our scores, we're both taking the under. No I'd suggest doubt. you do that, too. Lock it in. I am surprised that it's that high. That is yeah, insane. Yeah, I think that's because of Oregon's offense. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I mean, what, what still, are our Look at our totals? defense, though. Look at all look, the we scored, games. Look what we've scored in our last five games. 14, 6, 6, 24, and 23. Actually, and that was in reverse order. It's only gotten worse. Yep. Our last three were 6, 6, and 14. Awful. Terrible. 14 against Rutgers, yeah. mind you. So, yeah, we will be – if I was in Vegas, I'd be definitely taking the under. Hammering it. Once again, we are not liable for any losses that listeners take while betting on these games. 
via our advice. Yep. The next question we got comes from a Twitter follower at PatStick6. Oh. Right now residing in P-Town, Pennsylvania. Oh. And he has a pretty good question, basketball question. How do you rank Cassius among other point guards? Does he have a realistic shot to be successful in the league? Clark? Ah, <laughs> uh, that's a really good question. I mean, I think he's ranking amongst you know current point guards in college basketball as a college basketball player. I've already said, I think, yeah, I think he's amongst the elite. I don't think that there's any question about that. I mean, the numbers that he puts up, the way that he plays the game, he can take over a game. He's the leader on the court for the Spartans. So we need him out there to have a chance in against any good opponent. So, yeah, I mean, I'd put him up there with the likes of, you know, Carson Edwards, Kobe White from UNC. All them. I mean, I'd take Cassius Winston over Carson Edwards because Carson Edwards is a ball hog, and look what Purdue's doing. They're trash. They're like six and six right yeah, now. Yeah, Carson They're, Edwards is putting up a lot of points, but he's putting up a lot of points, but his team's not doing anything. Exactly. You know, so I'll, I'll take Cassius Winston. Uh, you know, does that mean that it's going to translate to the league? Probably not. He doesn't really have you know the athleticism, the foot speed. I don't think his defense is at an elite level where he's going to be guarding NBA point guards, but. Who knows? Maybe he develops, you know, Denzel Valentine. I would have told you the same thing, that I didn't see him playing in the league. And the leap he made from his junior to senior year, where he became national player of the year, it was insane. So that remains to be seen, I think, at this point. That kind of reminds me, not completely different players, completely different position, but he kind of reminds me of like a Draymond Green in that aspect. Like, he's very underrated, and I feel like he could still be somewhat successful at the next level. Yeah. Just based on his awareness his ability to pass the ball and his shooting you know he's got a a stellar shot going for him right now Mm -hmm. those are the aspects that you want from a nba point guard but like you said the athleticism is maybe where maybe why he's not being discussed as nba prospect right now agreed but like you said you could just make the jump and if he continues to play like he is this year he's going to build up enough noise to to maybe get some recognition i would like to uh just throw this in here really quick because it's an interesting question that just came through on our Twitter feed from uh, at PJ Blake too. So from Patty Blake there, he says he wants to know from the Red Cedar Rundown is a hot dog a sandwich? Gary, the important questions. Throwing it in the middle of the mailbag. Yeah, is it a, is it a sandwich? No, it's a hot dog. I disagree with you. I think a hot dog technically is a sandwich. It's absolutely not. Do you? If you were saying, it's, it's got a bun. Let me just ask you this. If you went to a restaurant and they broke down the menu list, would you look for a hot dog under the sandwich section? Because I sure matter. as hell would not. That doesn't matter. That does matter. What constitutes a sandwich? Break it down. Bread. Ingredients. Bread. Hot dog. Yeah, but, bread, the, but the, bread, bread. the bread. I can rip it apart. Not I can t- rip it apart. I can rip it apart. You ever had a Fenway, Frank? You ever been to Fenway Park? No. They make it with bread. That's a sandwich, my friend. That's a sandwich. That's the, that's if it's all on hot a dogs bun, or sandwiches. No. No. Well, this is a good question, I think. And, you know, maybe we'll have to put out a Twitter poll for this one and see what the listeners think. But Gary and I are dumb. Okay. We can agree to disagree on this one then, Gary. Well, you will agree to disagree. It's a sandwich. Okay. Anyway, getting into the next question, another uh, Twitter follower, at Rhino. From H-Town, Texas, also known as Ryan R. He has two questions, basketball and football. His basketball question is, who have you been more impressed with this year so far, Cassius Winston or Nick Ward? Cassius Winston. It's a tough question. Nick Ward, is gonna. it's going to take a lot for him to 
thoroughly I, impressed I've he, really he's you know, looked good in the post but like we said you mentioned it you mentioned it big games that's what I want to see from Nick Ward. Cassius Winston will deliver in big games. Nick Ward needs to deliver in big games. When he starts doing that, then he'll have my approval as it, you know the guy that I'm most impressed with. Gary? Yeah, I've been impressed with both of them. Who have I been impressed more with, though? I would say Nick Ward, just based on his attitude, his yeah. maybe work ethic seems to have changed a little bit from this from last year to this year just because he knows what he needs to do to get to the NBA. He Is needs it, to be more athletic. Yeah. He needs to be able to, you know, dominate games, and that's how he's going to get to the next level. And I think he's really inspired by that, and I think he's kind of shown that so far. Like I said, I'm still impressed with Cassius. I still think he's putting together an insane season, and, you know, over the course of the season, my opinion might change on that. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, you know, I would agree with all those points, though. I think it, one thing, if I could point out with Ward, is his attitude and the way that he's playing the, you know, he's embraced his role in the team and trying to be a leader. And, you know, instead of pouting on the bench like he did all last year when Izzo would take him out of a game, he's actually rooting for the walk ons when they come in. He's cheering on his teammates, you know, maybe providing some additional coaching from the sideline. So I, I would agree with you on that. I just think it's going to take a little bit more for me. Like I said, my opinion can change over the year. 100%. So. And then his football question is, will we see Kenny Willigus, Willikis in EL next year? Or does the recent All-American nod convince him to head to the draft? Listen, I think uh, I wouldn't be upset with Kenny Willikis if he just tried to try and go pro. I think there's a lot of very good defensive linemen that are going pro in this year's draft class. So I would probably hope that he'll stay another year, selfishly. I think he has a lot to gain. I think he can really catapult himself up a draft board if he comes back to Michigan State and has another All-American type season. So I do think that Kenny Wilkes will be back in East Lansing next year, um, and I do not think he will go to the draft this season. Let's hope. Man, I, we need him. <laughs> I mean, selfishly, I hope he stays. I won't get mad at the guy if he tries to go pro, but I just think I think he he has a lot more to gain from having another beast of a season. He could you know, potentially be a first or second round draft pick, I think, if he comes back. Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah, our defense isn't really losing a whole lot. No. So, you know, we definitely can continue this elite status. Well, I mean, other than Justin Lane, we're still going to have... You but you, know, got, our, you got big time recruits that can step in for him. Exactly. Yeah. And we know we've talked. We've mentioned the young guys that you know mm-hmm. are waiting in the wings. We know they're talented and he can do a great job. Obviously, we still have Josiah Scott and Joe Bacci. We'll be fine. Yep. The last question, hmm. a follow up question from la- from our last episode, from Dean our F- resident scum listener. Yep, Dean yes. F in Durham, North Carolina. Dean says hi. Mail mailbag here. I asked a question last time on RCR's top five gift ideas. And I just have to say that I'm disappointed in your suggestions. <laughs> Most of your tips were not even realistic, let alone family friendly. A dead offensive coordinator or a parcel of cannabis under a tree would be problematic at best. So now I'm here a week out from Christmas without a single clue as to what to give my loved ones. Do you have any other I- additional gift ideas? The MSU bottle opener was a fantastic suggestion. Clark? Yeah. Um, the best suggestion actually I could give you, and it's not going to cost you any money. Free. I, you could literally give every member of your family, all of your friends, a free subscription to the Red Cedar Rundown. What a better idea than that? Nothing better. I mean, and it's a gift that keeps giving. Literally anybody can listen to it. 
and it's free. iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, many more. Any type of device that they have, they can listen to Red Cedar Rundown. So, Dean, I say to you, wrap up whatever you want to wrap under the tree, put a piece of paper in there, says one-year subscription to the Red Cedar Rundown. That's a gift that keeps on giving, my friend. That's a roughly $200 value. Some some might say it might be a heavier value than that. Yeah, I mean, but we're offering it to you for free. So get it while it lasts, you know? Might not be a free subscription forever, you know? We won't know. My suggestion for you, Dean, might be a uh, Jim Harbaugh Snuggie. Mm. That'll be nice for you, keep you warm. So when you're crying in the fetal position, potentially after your bowl game, you'll still have a false sense of hope Ooh. and comfort. Ooh, Gary's taking shots. I like it. That's we don't back Harbaugh, down. That's what Jim Harbaugh gives to the we Michigan fan base. We don't back down on the RCR. <laughs> We're not scared. But seriously, tell him to subscribe to the podcast. Yeah, seriously. We'll give it to you for free for a limited time. Yep, no charge. Just for you, Dean. So that's it for our questions. Want to give... Uh, one little shout out back to the MSU soccer team. I know they had a disappointing loss. In yeah, they got the, thrashed, in the but cup. it's okay. They got there. Yeah, they got there. So we want to season. Want to give them congrats, even just for making it as far as they did. So yes. shout out to them. Congrats to the sock team. And as we've mentioned before, we will be taking a one week hiatus. Coming back to you on January fourth mm. with a full bowl recap. A new year, a new year for Spartan athletics. That's right. Turn the turn the page on this terrible team football team that is yeah and hopefully turning the page on dave warner don't count on it though do not get your hopes up do not ask for that for christmas you will be disappointed you will not receive it <laughs> you will receive a lump of coal from old d'antonio claus okay but yeah you can catch us back on the fourth and we'll have a full bowl recap and preview of the ohio state game which will be that week as well Looking so forward to that a lot to discuss so to all the red cedar rundown listeners all the out loyal there, ones yep all the loyal ones that don't put flame emojis on other podcasts yep yep have a great holiday season merry christmas and a happy new year happy hanukkah happy kwanzaa whatever it is that you celebrate and as always go green go white